0: Keep up with the new, keep up with the important, keep up with it all on Keeping Up With The Current. Get your news fix for the day, stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up With The Current. Hello and welcome Sydney, it's Nadia with you on Keeping Up With The Current. Thanks for tuning in either via 92.1 FM live stream on the 2MFM webpage or the 2MFM radio app which you can download onto your iOS or Android devices. Look, we know for many, many small businesses across New South Wales the path to recovery wasn't going to be easy or straightforward. Many businesses are still struggling to stay afloat post lockdown that's why today i'll be joined for an interview with chris lamont new south wales small business commissioner who will issue his advice on how businesses can rebuild and recover after the lockdown crisis pandemic and extended lockdown no doubt substantially impacted businesses across New South Wales and although restrictions have eased and many businesses have been given the green light to reopen, it's understandable that it is still a very challenging time for them trying to recover, stay afloat and adapt to the unprecedented changes brought on by the pandemic. So after the storm comes rebuilding. Find out how you can approach the post-lockdown business recovery phase. Chris Lamont is the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner and he's on the line for us now. Chris, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you uh, for having me.
0: Now, it's been a tough road for the business sector, hasn't it, Chris? Particularly uh, small businesses who have been disproportionately affected and among the hardest hit by the pandemic. So what can you tell us about some of the key impacts that COVID-19 and COVID lockdown restrictions had on small businesses across New South Wales? And what was, I guess, the extent of those impacts?
1: Well, certainly, for many businesses across New South Wales, revenue was the first thing that they noticed uh, in terms of the decline in revenue. It wasn't the same for all small businesses. So, a number of businesses actually grew uh, during the during the pandemic, and they found new ways to engage with their customers. But certainly, for businesses in our cities and our city centres, they've certainly done it very tough. Businesses that were relying on tourism, whether that be international tourism or interstate tourism, uh, they also they also found the last 18 months extremely challenging. Uh, workforce issues were also uh, a key issue for many small businesses. But the good news is we are seeing some more optimism, uh, optimism that really started in more recent times since the, uh, the announcement of the roadmap to reopening. Uh, and the businesses that I've talked to over the last couple of weeks in particular, have expressed probably a cautious optimism about the, the weeks and months ahead, which is, which is great.
0: Mm, absolutely. Uh, in what kind of ways have consumer attitudes, behaviours and purchasing habits, I guess, fundamentally changed as a result of the stringent lockdown restrictions that were imposed?
1: Well, certainly online shopping uh, has grown uh, a decline in the use of of cash. Um, Pleasingly, though, we surveyed businesses at the end of last year and found that small businesses, about one in five, had moved online for the first time or had grown their online presence. So if we look at, there's about 800,000 small businesses in New South Wales. So if that's replicated across the entire sample size of small business. We're talking about 160 odd thousand businesses Mm -hmm. went online for the first time or grew. Um, So they're really pivoting into that online uh, approach. I think you saw click and collect, you saw other innovative ways of marketing through social media. So the good news from the pandemic is that many more small businesses have an online presence and have a social media presence and that should serve them well in the months and years ahead.
0: Mm. So you think those changes in behaviour will last after COVID-19 subsides?
1: Yeah, I think we are we are essentially creatures of habit and, and many consumers for the first time over the last 18 months to two years would have made their very first purchase of an item that would have traditionally been bought in a store. Um, so I, I think people have seen the convenience of that. People have shaped their lifestyles around what they've seen in the last 18 months. So. I don't think that we can say that we'll go back to exactly the way things were back in 2019 or the early part of 2020. I think people will will modify their behaviours to some extent. The The one exception to that is I think we really have missed the joy of networking, of socialising in person at restaurants uh, and tourism attractions and I think that is really important and people are very keen to get out and socialise again. So I think that's probably the one exception uh, to uh, the new norm, if you like.
0: But as well, uh, you know, to consider the fact that not everyone at this stage is quite comfortable or perhaps ready uh, to re-enter a business. Even though they have opened their doors to the public, they may not feel comfortable visiting in person yet or might prefer the convenience of online arrangements so um, you mentioned some of the uh, different alternatives to in-person service that businesses can provide and implement so if businesses haven't really considered that is that something they should you know make that as part of their business structure
1: look absolutely i think the way we are shopping and the way we are engaging with trade and commerce continues to evolve i know in my life I'm, i'm a very busy person increasingly over the years, I've relied on Google searches, uh, on Facebook, uh, on other social media to make purchases because I just don't have the time to shop the main street anymore. And Mm. I think increasingly people will look for that convenience. It doesn't necessarily replace bricks and mortar stores, but it augments, I guess, the offering, introduces your business to a new audience, to new customers um, who are increasingly expecting a multifaceted way of shopping or engaging with your business. So I think that's really important. And in many respects, COVID was the catalyst to that change. So we were seeing it anyway. It just pretty much brought forward a mm-hmm. whole bunch of consumer, consumer behaviour that we were expecting.
0: That's right. It has fast-tracked uh, those changes, that the way people uh, shop. How, would you, how do you think businesses uh, responded to the crisis this year in comparison to the year before?
1: Look, I think it was much tougher this year, Nadia. Oh, I, mm. They saw cash reserves um, pretty much used up for many businesses in 2020, so 2021 has been has been much tougher. They had real trouble when they did want to reopen or pivot their businesses getting staff, um, because obviously we've lost a lot of our international students. Uh, Our migration program has been cut over the last 12, 18 months, and that really impacted them as well. I think there was also the exhaustion and the uncertainty with public health orders and the like. Am I reopening or am I closing or am I waiting for further advice? All of that, plus the emotional toll on small businesses was devastating for them. Um, So I I don't think we can see it through an isolation of a single issue. I think there was probably six or seven issues that small businesses were facing over the last 18 months, which made it really, really tough. But the good news is that they are, small business people are resilient people. Uh, In my experience, they, they really do this with their heart and soul in the cause of their small business. So I'm optimistic, once again, cautiously, that we'll see them emerge and renew over the course of the next few months.
0: Mm. But in retrospect, do you think there was a lot of benefit and relief that was gained from uh, the support measures that were introduced in support to the the virus outbreaks?
1: Yeah, well, the New South Wales government alone, $9 billion worth of assistance. Uh, Many businesses probably never have applied for a grant or financial assistance from any level of government. Uh, Needed to over the last 18 months and that was probably a challenge for many of them Uh, You don't get into small business to apply for handouts from Mm. any level of government So I think that was a, a change in mindset and certainly in my role I was talking to small businesses to say look please these this financial assistance these programs have been designed with you in mind It's not your fault that your business can't trade it's not your fault that your customers can no longer uh, engage with you so please make yourself aware of the grants and the assistance that is available and not see one grant as the the total piece of the support program but rather look for what the local governments were offering, what state governments were offering, and also the federal government, and look at multiple grants and assistance measures that were designed with small business in mind, because that, that really made a big difference for small businesses who were aware of what they could get and access that financial support.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it goes without saying that the outcome or the situation of small businesses uh, would have been a lot worse uh, had it not been for the support that was made available. But of course, the government did have uh, small businesses in mind and they were at the forefront and and making sure that there is stability involved. Uh, Look, Chris, while a lot of business owners spent the months of lockdown uh, primarily in response mode, do you think a lot of them used the downtime to re-strategise and, and plan for the post-lockdown bounce-back?
1: No, certainly I think they did. And they, they looked at technology, and we've talked a little bit about online shopping uh, and probably providing an online offering for for customers. But I think they also looked at uh, their premises uh, in terms of retail leasing or commercial leasing. They looked at their future workforce needs, uh, Work from home suits some businesses, not others. Uh, work from home for some small businesses, particularly in the professional services sector, I think was identified as a potential saving for small businesses. They weren't pay, paying the least costs mm. uh, that they were they were previously. I think we also saw a number of new trends in terms of people who were able to, to get out and about on holiday. I met some small businesses in the north of the state uh, late last year Uh, we weren't in the uh, strict lockdown at that point. Mm. And they were telling me that people weren't going to Europe, they weren't going to Bali, Mm. they weren't going interstate because they couldn't. They were holidaying within New South Wales. Uh, And that provided a real boom because people weren't paying for expensive airfares and accommodation uh, overseas. They were spending their money locally. So we saw was a really strange period late last year and earlier this year mm. with many towns and many small businesses actually doing much better during COVID than they had pre covid so it's really hard to define the experience of small businesses uh you know as all being all the same it was mm. very very different for, for various industries and for various locations
0: mm. i mean it's really good that you did and you are pointing that out because the experience hasn't been the same for every single small business. It's been positive for some while negative for others. But, you know, there are quite a number of business owners who have mentioned that shutting down was the easy part. It's, it's basically opening back up in this uncertain environment that is far more complex for them. They've had a lot of decisions and considerations to make. So where do businesses start in the recovery phase?
1: Look, I think they start with talking uh, to to us and with Service New South Wales about being COVID safe. COVID hasn't gone away. Well, what's happening is we're learning to live with COVID. So we still need to minimise and mitigate infection from COVID. So being a COVID safe business, knowing how you comply with the public health orders is absolutely critical for business, for your reputation, but just your health and safety. So, so essential at this point in time. I think it also involves talking to staff about um, not just whether they're vaccinated or not, but how they feel about returning uh, to work. and then, obviously, looking at how the market has changed, we talked about the way customers are engaging, whether that's online, whether there's other trends. I was talking to a cafe the other day that said that their peak periods have changed. People being at home, people being more flexible now with their where their work-life balance means that their peak has shifted from lunchtime to nine o'clock in the morning, and then again at three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. So they had changed their operating hours, changed their staffing profile, uh, and even their menus to to accommodate for that that change in lifestyle and that change in customer need. I think we're going to see more of that, uh, and it might continue to evolve as we uh, get out of the COVID situation and people adjust their lifestyles either back. Or continue with some aspects of what they've experienced over the last 18 months.
0: Now, you mentioned in terms of, you know, working from home arrangements. Now, we know during the lockdown period, people were required to work from home if they were able to. But I think now that we're not in lockdown, is that something that business owners must facilitate, uh, ensuring that, you know, there is that opportunity, there is that flexibility of working from home?
1: Look, I think it's going to be tough. Not, not every business can support working from home arrangements. Uh, very hard, you know, i talking to bakers the other day, very hard to, to, to bake uh, in a bakery from home. Uh, you might be able to do it on a small scale, but certainly not in a, in a commercially viable sense. I think small businesses, many of which are actually really challenged by the competition in the labour force, Uh, and in the market around providing work from home responsibilities or obligations for their employees. So I think we will have some challenges there. The professional services sector can do it in many respects more easily because it's primarily the interface with your computer uh, and using Zoom and Teams to engage with colleagues and uh, supervisors. But many small businesses just need someone in the store Mm. or on the factory line. Uh, So that will be a challenge. Look, from my point of view, and perhaps I'm a dinosaur, I couldn't wait to get back to work. (laughs) That's where all the collaboration happens, it's where I see my team, uh, and I get a real sense of enthusiasm and energy when I'm around my team and I'm meeting people from small business and even from government. Um, But look, I acknowledge it's going to be different for a while, and you mentioned confidence, confidence of both employers and confidence of employees to come back uh, Mm. that will be tested over the next few months. 100%.
0: But, uh, you know, you mentioned that you couldn't wait to go back to work, but it's not like that for everyone, of course. And there are a lot of people who do prefer to work from home. And I'm one of those people who really enjoy that flexibility of working from home. You know, given that I am a working mother and I was able to sort of balance my children, my home and and my work as well. So there is that flexibility that's provided, especially when you're working in an office environment. But as you said, not so much if you're working in a cafe or factory setting, it's not going to be the best kind of environment for you. We know businesses may have lost some momentum in their customer relationships. So how can they, I guess, encourage their customers to re-engage? How can they strengthen their customer service function to retain customers?
1: Look, I think um, at the moment the the importance of marketing, the importance of promotion – uh, adopting lessons learned during COVID with the use of IT. Uh, it's not about necessarily taking out expensive ads on television uh, or in the newspapers, but look at really cost-effective ways for you to re-engage, whether that be social media, whether that be investing in a new website. I get a sense also that there's a greater sense of community during COVID. So you know, we're, on a, we're on a radio station now that appeals to, to a community. I, I think we'll see much more advertising, much more engagement with community newspapers, with community radio, shopping locally. We want to support our local small businesses because we want them to stay open. Never has there been, in my view, a better time to appeal to that sense of localism and community as a business. People want to support you. They just need to know how. And that you're, you're going to be reopened soon, or you are reopening uh, in in the next couple of days or weeks, because I do really think that community wants to support their local small businesses and shop local.
0: Chris, don't you think that you know we saw a lot of smaller retailers experiencing a sharp decline in sales but we we did see larger retailers experience stronger growth in their sales. There was quite a bit of concern in the community that there wasn't enough support for those small businesses and that's why they were more inclined to close their doors as opposed to keep operating during that period.
1: I think there was an aspect of that, uh, for sure. I think bigger businesses had the capacity to pivot in some respects more quickly around IT and offering uh, they were, in many respects, borderless across the state, particularly in areas like uh, electronics. You know, we all bought, or well, many of us bought new, uh, new computers or more IT devices so we could work from home. We probably bought some more office furniture uh, as well to, to accommodate that requirement as well. But, but also, I think, the, back to the marketing aspect of it, the big brands people know, And they they think about a brand and they think about the range of goods and services they can buy from that brand. Small business have to use the techniques and the success of big business to appeal to their clients. So your business needs to become known as being an expert or uh, or providing a quality good or service in a particular area. And I think that's really easy to do for small business in their community. Hard to boil the ocean across all Mm. of New South Wales. But being known for being very good in your community for providing a particular good or service is where it starts.
0: And they should utilise technology and social media in being able to to really portray to members of the community, um, you know, the strength of their service and the strength of their products. Utilise those, those platforms, really accessible platforms. And like you said before, you don't have to pay big dollars to advertise for your business. You know, make use of the tools that are available in the palm of your hands at the moment. And we are living in an era of these, you know, accessibilities that are available. But we know being the backbone of, you know, the Australian economy, it's vital that our small businesses not only adjust and recover, but are also set up for success in the new normal future. So, I mean, from your perspective, what does the new normal mean for businesses? What are we likely to see, you know, moving forward into the future?
1: Look, I think we're going to see trends uh, emerge, you know, years and years ago, we would look at what happened uh, overseas and we'd say that's coming to Australia in five or so years now it's almost instant. Global trends are on us at the same time, or it might be a, a month or so, but, but things happen much faster. Uh, we know that supply chains can be disrupted much faster. So availability of stock, having alternate suppliers to your business, even for the most mundane of products, I think will become more and more important. The other thing I think will change is the, the competition for staff and for teams. I think we'll see more collaboration and we'll need to see more collaboration with small businesses to actually attract and retain a labor pool together so rather than one business saying i employ this person for 38 hours a week or on a full-time basis employers i think will get together to try and secure employees I think that's a good thing. I think it's a particularly good thing for both employers and employees. It offers employers, I guess, that flexibility that they are competitive in a broader market. But for employees, it gives them a variety in their work, it gives them more career opportunities so they can actually diversify their skill set. So I think well, there are a couple of the changes. Technology is here to stay. Um, so I know some businesses I talk to just wish the technology would go away. I've got bad news for them, (laughs) it's it's, it's with us forever, it's gonna continue to evolve and we just need to embrace it because it does make our lives somewhat cheaper in terms of how we promote, how we market, Mm. how we do basic things like our tax, how we keep an eye on stock and inventory. Uh, These are good things, they are challenges but they are overarching good things for business and improve the sustainability and efficiency of
0: business. Mm. What about in terms of a cashless society? I mean, are we headed for a total cashless economy post-pandemic?
1: I think we're almost there, Nadia. It's, oh uh, we saw we saw uh, a massive decline in the use in the use of of cash uh, in a, in a currency sense. We saw greater use of cards. We saw people with electronic uh, wallets making purchases with their, with their mobile phones on the rise. I'm yet to make that leap myself, mm, but sorry. I saw many people doing it, um, but I, I, it's very rare these days, um, perhaps with the, with the older population still using physical money. Um, but we saw from the Reserve Bank reports uh, and other state treasury reports, a massive decline in the use of currency um, during, during COVID. Part of that was obviously the, the public health concerns, but we're, we were already heading there. And as mentioned before, I think COVID accelerated a lot of trends. Uh, it was a catalyst for, for not so much the change itself, but the timeframe for adoption of change.
0: Absolutely. And they are very, very clear and visible to us more than ever at the moment. What are some of the key considerations that businesses need to make to remain COVID safe and and I guess limit or reduce interruptions to their business operations? I mean, I don't think they want to deal with any more interruptions to their business. So how can they limit um, those interruptions?
1: Look, I think there's a lot of resourcing out there for for small business, but certainly, if they have a look at my website, which is smallbusiness.nsw.gov.au, and also the Service New South Wales website, they'll get information around the signage that they should show at the front of their stores and their workplaces to remind their customers about their obligations to each other. I don't think it's appropriate that we continue to expect or rely upon small business to be the gatekeeper for for our public health. It starts with the individual. Stores can play a role in reminding individuals of their obligations in that respect. Also, obviously observing the public health orders and for small business to be aware of those. So whether it be social distancing, whether it be the importance of promoting hygiene and ensuring that workspaces are, are kept clean, and that our employees look after themselves and are also mindful of the uh, the need to stop isolate or to restrict their movements in COVID areas. The other real issue I think that we need to, to be supporting small businesses with during this time as they start to open up, is in the area of retail and commercial leasing. Many tenants, commercial tenants and small businesses have faced extreme challenges in meeting rent payments Hmm. The Commission offers a mediation service to assist them in either getting uh, reduced or deferred rent. Because for many businesses, rent might be the most significant Mm. business expense.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, And we've seen some really good outcomes, more than 90% of the uh, customers and clients that have come to my office have negotiated outcomes with with landlords that have seen that business continue to be able to operate, to get some rent reduction or some rent deferral. So when things return to normal, they can continue to, to trade and pay whatever the agreed market rent was. But at the moment they just needed some assistance so so that's been a particular highlight, I think, from the Commission and also the businesses that I've spoken to have just been so grateful for the assistance that they've received from their landlords through that mediation process.
0: Absolutely. It's definitely strengthened uh, relationships. And, um, you know, obviously, as you said, if anyone needs some advice and support for their business, they can definitely reach out to a number of support services. And the Small Business uh, Commission is definitely a reliable source to go to. At the moment, is there any other kind of um, support available from the government for those businesses struggling post-lockdown? Look, there's
1: still the, obviously, the Job Saver initiative is still open, that is tapering. So one of the things that we saw with Job Saver is that many small businesses thought they had to use that money to pay their staff. Now, that simply wasn't true. Mm -hmm. Uh, If staff were needed to be stood down by an employer, those staff were eligible for the COVID disaster payment paid for by the Commonwealth, Um, and the Job Saver grant that was paid Uh, on a fortnightly basis to small businesses could be used to meet other business expenses. So it's really important to understand that JobSaver, there's micro business grants still eligible for small business uh, that can provide uh, $1,000 a fortnight uh, in in support. There is the Dine and Discover vouchers that are still out there and a a new tranche of Dine and Discover vouchers to be issued shortly. Uh, to assist in uh, obviously attracting new customers. There's also a really important grant that was announced two weeks ago uh, by the New South Wales government to provide financial support for businesses who suffer future losses. So mm-hmm. what do I mean by that is if you're a restaurant, you stock your cool room worth of 10, 15, $20,000 uh, worth of perishable goods. Mm. If a public health order is issued, that means that you can't trade, you can get compensation of $20,000 for the expense that you've incurred. Wow. So that's a measure that's really important to promote confidence that businesses can reopen. Mm. Because we saw last year, a lot of times businesses were just about to take that step to reopen and, you know, whack another another public health order was issued that meant you couldn't open your business. So um, right. All of those sort of initiatives uh, are really important, but I think don't look for one support package. Go to my website, go to the Service New South Wales website and have a look, because there are a mix of things. There's also a, a $2,500 uh, government rebate for license fees that you can use to uh, offset the cost of your rates uh, for other vehicle related, uh, so registrations and the like. Um, I just don't think enough small businesses have taken the time to just have a look and see the support measures that are available to them.
0: Exactly. There are so many support measures and services available for those small businesses, but they need to reach out to those uh, support services as best as they can because they will help to provide that level of reassurance and certainty that they need during this time. Now, Chris, why is it important for business owners to take the time to not only look after uh, the health of their business, but also consider their own physical and mental health through the process?
1: Nadia, that's a, such an important point. I think many small businesses were so focused on, on their employees, on their customers, on their family, uh, and they found themselves being so exhausted at the end of, of COVID or during COVID because they hadn't taken the time uh, just to check in on themselves or to get some professional help. Mental health was a massive issue for small businesses and is symptomatic of mm. entrepreneurs and business owners that are under serious stress. Uh, many of the grants and assistance that we promoted over the last 18 months were designed to deal with the financial issues, but there was also help in terms of mental health uh, and mental health support. Um, we have a number of days, obviously in Australia now. Are you okay? And other other arrangements and supports uh, beyond Blue, uh, Lifeline, etc., to support small business owners. But often small business owners don't see that they are able to access them. Uh, I think it's really important that people look at the New South Wales Mental Health Commissioner's website, which provides a range of tools and supports, not just for managers, not just for employees, but for small business owner and operators as well. Uh, And I'll be talking shortly in my my podcast as the Commissioner to the Mental Health Commissioner in, in New South Wales to really highlight some of the important issues and supports that they provide to small businesses across New South Wales. I think small business owners, in my experience, are very proud people. They look after everyone else before them. Mm-hmm. uh it's really important that they take the time to invest in themselves at this challenge at this challenging period because they have been through a really really difficult time that has taken an emotional toll on them uh, and to reset to go forward, they first have to make sure that they're okay.
0: Absolutely. I guess to to help improve their future performance and, you know, adapting to those changes and needs, they really need to take the right steps to ensure that they are looking after their health and well-being, you know, moving forward as well. Look, uh, I must say, Chris, it's been very insightful having you on. I think you really, really helped to take the complexity out of this situation and, and give small business owners the valuable tools they need to drive their business through recovery and beyond. So Chris Lamont, New South Wales Small Business Commissioner, thank you so much on behalf of the Muslim community for all the valuable information and advice that you provided with us today.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you.
0: You're back with Nadia on Keeping Up With The Current on 2MFM Muslim Community Radio. And thanks again to New South Wales Small Business Commissioner Chris Lamont, who issued really uh, important advice on how businesses can rebuild and recover after lockdown, what businesses uh, should expect from the pandemic recovery period and, I guess, the steps that they can take not just to get back up and running, Uh, but become stronger and more resilient in the process. Uh, We know it's been particularly tough for a lot of small businesses who were left struggling, who had to scale back their operations, who uh, stood down employees, whose cash flow was disrupted. So hopefully by taking on board what Chris advised today, you'll be able to make the most out of the recovery phase and hopefully emerge stronger from the COVID pandemic. Again, it's really important to keep up to date with official information from trusted sources and government authorities and adapt to the changing circumstances that may impact your response. If you want more info on business recovery, head over to www.smallbusiness.nsouthwales.gov.au. Don't forget to, I guess, take time to consider your own physical and mental health through the process. Seek support if you need and explore the range of resources on how to build resilience and take care of your mental health. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you for your company. I'll be back for more next time on Keeping Up With The Current keep up with the new keep up with the important keep up with it all on keeping up with the current get your news fix for the day stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter nadia has you covered on keeping up with the current